You're listening to TechNast, the PropTech podcast. In each episode, you'll hear from PropTech founders, investors, and industry veterans on how they're using tech to change the way we buy, sell, and invest in real estate. Discover market opportunities, interesting data, growth tactics, and trends driving the industry forward. This isn't just another podcast about making money in real estate. This is about how we live. And now your host, Nate Smoyer. Let's go. We got a great episode for you guys to listen into today. I've got Adam Mate. He's co-founder and COO of a company called DoorLoop. DoorLoop automates everything, allowing property managers to step away from their disjointed, outdated softwares they've been relying on. The The platform is, is, is still relatively new. Started in 2019, but it is mature. It simplifies and streamlines property management processes, aiming to save time and money, helping change the renting experience for everyone involved. And honestly, it's necessary. You know, the average rating for property management businesses on Yelp if I remember the stat correctly, it's like two and a half stars out of five. And that's not exactly glowing reviews here. But there's probably some underlying causes of that communication, ability to handle a number of workflows and tasks, understaffed. And this is where really good, well thought out technology matters. But one of the things that Adam really hits on in this episode is usability, something that people want to use. And I think that that couldn't be any more true. When creating a product today, it can't just be something that delivers high utility, but it's got to be something that people want to use. You know, fruits and vegetables are really healthy for you, but honestly, sometimes they just don't taste all the good by themselves. Maybe a weird metaphor. I don't know. I'm going to go with it, not deleting or re-recording this intro. So let's jump in. I think you'll enjoy this upbeat, positive interview with Adam. So let's hear what he has to say. Hey, Adam. Welcome to the show. Nate, thanks so much. Really, really appreciate you having me on the show. Excited. I'm excited. Um, people didn't get a chance to participate in our in-depth branding discussion prior to the call here. And I, I don't want to leave people out. I have, We have decided each to go our own respective routes in personal branding. I've got the beard. For those who can't <laughs> see you, they can only hear you. You also have a beard, but I mean, there are differences. There's levels to this game. <laughs> well, thank you for bringing that up, certainly. And I know people are listening in, so they may not be able to see. Um, your, your beard is just giving me beard envy. But I, uh, you know, I believe in what we'll call individualism and uh, being true to yourself. And I have a man bun, a full-on man bun, and proud, proud to sport it. Uh, I think you should be. I, I wouldn't be ashamed of it at all. We, um, PropTech is finally getting to a place where we're not all in suits you know, and there's a lot of personality coming here. And I think that's where some of the best ideas are going to come from. So uh, I'm excited for this conversation. I've had my eye on what you guys have been building for some time. I've been on this tear of talking to former competitors who now, well, not really, you guys weren't really a competitor, but kind of at some point, some degree, but I'm excited because I no longer have to have that lens uh, and we can all be friends. So uh, as a great way to kick off the show, though, uh, I'd love it if you could introduce yourself, let everyone know who you are and what you do. Absolutely. Uh, again, thanks for the opportunity. 
Uh, my name is Adam, uh, or as my friends like to call me, mate, uh, as in good day, mate. I am the one of the co-founders and chief operating officer at Doraloo Property Management Software. A little bit about me, born in South Florida, grew up uh, not only in Florida, but actually abroad. Uh, college was up in Philly at the University of Pennsylvania, graduated from uh, law school at the University of Florida, background in law. After that, uh, went into real estate development and management for a number of years and uh, really very fortunate, have some very, very close friends who were involved in real estate as well, serial software entrepreneurs, and uh, looking at the marketplace, realized there was an opportunity to introduce a really, really robust property management software to compete with some of those bigger names out there, but make it really easy, be, like really easy to use and uh, mm -hmm. unaffordable. And that's uh, really the, the, the sum. That's a summary okay. of uh, where we are and where we came from and where we're going. We'll talk about shortly. Important things first. I, I actually didn't know that you went to school in Philly. Uh, I happen to be from the Philly area. Uh, did you enjoy the city? I loved Philadelphia. You know, I, I'm a big foodie. So for me, mm. Philly was just like okay. next level. Uh, you know, I grew up, uh, like I said, abroad. But as a kid, we didn't really go out to dinner all that much. And then being exposed to Philadelphia, it was just eye-opening. And Philly has amazing, amazing optionality. Uh, whether you want something quick, uh, like a, a Monk's, you know, if you're familiar with Monk's Cafe, um, delicious food. And then they have Michelin restaurants. Just, just an absolutely uh, Epicurean delight, as the expression would be. I love Philadelphia as a cultural place. You know, the, the beginning sort of of, of the U.S. And, and the first, we'll call it capital. Uh, mm -hmm, and just the, mm -hmm. the history there, uh, the, the, the people, the, the sports life and, and the food, just next level. Yeah. And if you're not a, a lot of people don't realize this. If you're not from the East coast and especially in that old Pennsylvania area, a row home might not mean a whole lot to you, but when you go to Philly, it's a very unique type setting where all the homes are shared walls and you have the little alleyways sometimes in between the mm -hmm. homes. Otherwise you have to walk around the entire block to get to your backyard. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot like, uh, I would say if you're from the West coast, sort of like downtown, not downtown, but more of like San Francisco, mm -hmm, but not the outskirts mm -hmm. of San Francisco. Great, great example. Yeah. Good way to visualize. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, so fill me in a little bit. Now, I'm going to dig into the background a little bit here, right? You know, a lot of times um, there's two paths into prop tech. You're coming from the real estate side or you're coming from the tech side. You kind of came at it a little bit differently. You mentioned real estate developer, but also as a, a licensed attorney. Like, what was the moment where, like, other than recognizing the opportunity, did you have an affinity for property management companies? What was your exposure there to really even like start looking into this area? Sure. Well, I, I take a step back. Um, you know, I, wow, it's going on a decade now. Uh, I attended a conference, which some of your listeners may know of, called Burning Man. And um, if you're familiar with it, yep, I get a little nod there. And, you know, it really was eye-opening, but for, for, for certain reasons uh, more than others. But there was this sign that was sort of flailing in the wind one day. And it said, and we had spoken about this earlier, uh, you and I, uh, you have only two lives. And the second one begins when you realize that you only have one. And it just mm. stuck with me. And I had been practicing law and nothing against attorneys. You know, I, I, I appreciate the practice of law and love what they do. But I realized at that time that wasn't for me. And I started doing a lot of thinking about what it is that I wanted to do with my life. And I had always had a passion 
and a desire to get into real estate. I remember uh, property like type classes in law school. And I said, you know, if I only have one life, let me lead the life that I want professionally. And of course, uh, personally, and it was shortly thereafter, actually, that I met my amazing wife. And now we have three kids and I, and I couldn't be more fortunate. Uh, and so uh, I started looking into opportunities and I was, I, I had some very close family friends that have a wonderful real estate family office and gave me an opportunity to work with them, uh, which is sort of where I got my background. And I worked there for years uh, along the way. Uh, of being, you know, uh, an attorney, I should back up. I had met some very, very wonderful people who were serial software entrepreneurs. Uh, prior to Doorloop, they had other uh, payment, uh, legal management software companies, and they also in real estate. And uh, you know, the conversation started uh, about prop tech in the real estate industry, and uh, it morphed into Doorloop. And that's really the background. Uh, and as we said earlier on this on this podcast. There are a lot of uh, options in the prop tech space for property management software. Uh, I think, you know, what differentiates Doorloop in that is I like to call there's different sectors. You have enterprise software, you have, mm -hmm. uh, I'll call, you know, uh, mid to large, and then you have sort of like the small market. Uh, mm -hmm. The enterprise are the uh, the Yardies of the world, you know, the MRIs, the one sites that, from the real page, and they've been around for, for decades and decades. I think MRI was late 70s. You've got um, Yardie, uh, of course, named after Mr. Yardie from the early 80s. And these softwares, they're very robust and they're great at what they do. It's just today's tech standards, it's kind of like it needs to look like an iPhone, right? And mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. have you have new software players that have tried to achieve it, but I I would say they they really fit in the more small market, and I'll call those the freemium softwares, right? Where if you're a smaller landlord, okay, it kind of does what you need to do. It doesn't have the full blown accounting, it doesn't have the full blown reporting, made out of all the cool tools associated with it, but it kind of gets the job done. But if you have more than a few units, you need a robust platform. And when mm -hmm. you look out there at those more those more um, We'll call them the more archaic solutions. Um, they have those a lot of those features that you're going to need, but the the user interface, uh, the operability, it's kind of like it's 20, 30, 40 years old. So we uh, at Doorloop said, you know, can we figure out a way to offer a, a very robust platform, just mm -hmm. make it easy to use, and of course, mobile friendly. And I think we've achieved that. Very fortunate, amazing team behind us. It seems so novel to say, hey, we're going to build a technology product that solves problems and is easy to use. It seems so obvious to say that. But the reality is what you're talking about, like many of the incumbents of the of the industry, you know, yeah, they're incumbents, but they have many years of tech debt preventing them from getting to what you're saying, like that ease of use to a UI that's friendly to an experience that people will talk about positively and I'm not going to throw any names out there, <laughs> but you know we've all had those conversations, and clearly they solve problems because they still have you know large portions of the market as customers. But you know there's only so long you can hold on as just because you're the incumbent, um, especially as uh, new tools enter in. So let's let's talk a little bit about the platform specifically. You know, sure. Um, it's a very robust platform for what you've built. Your company started only in 2019, correct? That's correct. That's correct. Yeah. And, you and know, one so, of the, you go ahead, please, of course. Well, you go ahead. You're the guest. No, all right. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that was really, really important to us, and I think which is a huge differentiator, which 
I, I said it earlier, the freemium, and there are those services that are free or almost free, right? We're, we're certainly not free and we, we do charge for our software, but one of the differentiators and you know, we, we talked about this early on was, do we want to have built in accounting and reporting? And I don't mean just track, mm -hmm. you know, your, your income and your expenses. I'm talking about trial balances, cash flows, ledgers, uh, you know, owner distributions, contributions, journal entries, all the, the stuff that you need if you're managing properties or frankly, if you're a landlord of a property. Mm -hmm. So before we even began with, okay, what property management features do we need? we literally had to build a full-blown accounting and reporting suite into the software. Think of QuickBooks, but for property-based accounting, right? So that was the first step. Um, and that takes a very special and unique uh, person to not only understand real estate, but also understand accounting and finance. And uh, mm. one of my co-founders, probably the smartest guy I've ever met, um, named Ori Tamus, uh, really just next level uh, from scratch, uh, built the accounting and reporting piece and it just it knocked it out of the park, not only in the robustness of that feature, but in the ease of use, because accounting is not an easy topic, right? And we're talking not only the, the, the reporting side, but a fully customizable chart of accounts. I mean, you want to use numbers in your chart of accounts, use numbers. Mm. You want to use letters, characters, you want to put it in French. It is fully customizable. It, it really is just a wonderful uh, accounting and reporting tool that he built. And then on top of that, love to talk more about it, we built significantly um, easy to use, but very robust ancillary features that are used by the mm -hmm. landlords and property managers. I've heard it said that a, a property managed business really is an accounting business. Would you, would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. I mean, for you to do justice, whether you're a landlord or a property manager, you need to know where the inflows and outflows of your money are going. Uh, shy of that, it's very difficult for you to operate profitably. Now, uh, the, some of the feature sets here, I'll kind of skim through some of them, like all of the accounting. You have, you have bank syncing uh, with, with, with bank and credit cards, QuickBook integrations, which is an obvious because I think that there's probably a fair amount of adoption there in the market with reporting capabilities, all your listing, rent app collection, application, e-signature, tenant screening, and then, you know, there's some more of the, uh, like, day-to-day -day management back and forth with tenants, right? You know, so you have a Absolutely. full integrated built-in CRM. There's communication, messaging, integrations. What what do you see, though, is, like, you know, any one of these problems could be something a property manager seeks out to solve for and stumbles upon door loop. But which one is the most common that property managers come into you and, look, look, here's what we have going on today. We need a better solution or we don't know how to solve for we think Dorloop could do this can you guys do this absolutely i think there's probably i think it's twofold all right the first is uh unless you're an accounting accountant accounting is just hard um and you know that we have a quickbooks sync uh, a lot of our landlords actually use quickbooks for other businesses that they have and so we allow you to sync your data over oh, which is okay. kind of cool uh, but we have our own proprietary accounting reporting suite built directly in um, but as far as the accounting and reporting piece, you know, they do look, and that's a heavily sought out feature for easy accounting and reporting, not only for, you know, um, providing reports to banks, if you're trying to go in for funding, but also to your owners and then for internal processes. The other aspect of that is the administration of your business. And, and the, there are a variety of aspects of that. Uh, I'd say, first of all, the, uh, the tracking of your 
tasks. Uh, those could be reminding yourself of upcoming insurance or the expiration of your tenant's insurance. It could be maintenance requests, work orders, just the day-to-day -day operation. Uh, it can be overwhelming for a lot of people, right? If you're a landlord, you have your day job. You, 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 how are you keeping track of all that? If you're a property mm -hmm. manager, you need to make sure that you stand the good graces of your owner, right? How do you keep track of all those files? And so what we decided to do at DoorLoop was build an all-in-one solution where everything is in that platform. And if you want to do it on your mobile app, great. Go to the Google Play mm -hmm. Store, the Apple App Store, download it, do it on the go. You want to do it on your computer or iPad, we got you covered. Uh, the, the public presence through uh, customizable websites. I mean, again, an all-in-one solution, mm -hmm. uh, very simple and all integrated. Yeah, actually, speaking on the websites, didn't you guys just released a new feature so that property managers and landlords, they can build out their own websites. I'm assuming it comes with like, you know, active listings they have, one click, you know, gets you to the application, you submit your mm -hmm. application nice and streamlined. So, I mean, but in a world where there's Squarespaces and Wix and WordPress, like why go that route? What What's, what's going to be the special problem that it solves in this context versus, you know, I can go to Wix and set up a site relatively fast. Yeah, it's a great question. Uh, the answer is uh, one-stop shop. So you could go to Wix and build your own website. You could also go to Google Drive and create folders, right? You could also go mm -hmm. to Venmo or PayPal for your payments. And the idea though is we all have better things to do than have multiple different software platforms. And look, if you're a landlord, again, a one-stop shop makes it easy for you. And if you're a property manager or you're a landlord that has staff, Keeping track of all those passwords and all the, the users that are using those and all the different subscriptions is a little bit overwhelming, right? You want your Every one of our to... daily lives just with streaming services. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you have password keepers and then you have a staff member that leaves, right? How am I dealing with the various permission levels? I want my maintenance person to only be able to see maintenance and your tenant contact information, but I mm -hmm. need my property uh, you know, administrator to be able to see all of the financials. But- they shouldn't be able to send outgoing payments. Um, I need to be the only one that's able to do that, right? So at DoorLoop, when it comes to your question on websites or other features, we wanted to offer everything to be integrated and allow for immense customization, right? And yeah. we made it easy to do, but I'll, I'll parlay on that one point. I think unique in the industry, we decided not only to have like really powerful features that were easy to use and fully integrated, but we include unlimited training and support. And I'm not talking about just via like, send me a text or email. You can phone wow. in or do Zoom sessions. Uh, you know, the expression I like to say is if you're having an issue and you can't figure something out, try and describe that to somebody over the phone or via email. At DoorLoop, you can Zoom in, right? And we'll share screens and we'll help you. You have new staff, we'll train them for you. It's just all included. Wow. I mean, that's a pretty generous uh, uh, type thing to, to be able to offer, but obviously, I think it's, it's been where we're working as you guys have been seeing continued growth. I'm, I'm curious on something somewhat related, but maybe a little bit of a different question and related to product, you know, in the, in, in real estate rental space, and especially the last few years, there's been a lot of changes to local ordinances, city, and even some states. We've seen zoning changes where now you can do infill. You know, where there is no such thing as single family only zoning. You know, you can do a duplex or add an ADU and there's no special requirements. We've seen changes in how much the state allows an application fee to be or whether or not you can do certain types of screenings and if you have to give advance notice. 
with all these different changes everywhere, how are you able to keep still a focused roadmap, not chasing after all those edge cases? Or what is some of that discussion internally looking like so that you you really build a, a product that can you know focus in on and solve the majority of problems versus getting distracted with a lot of the you know ancillary things that are happening? I love the question. And uh, the answer is really straightforward. Allow for a lot of customization in the core platform. And that's what we've mm-hmm. done. We allow for significant customization in our core features and our core platform. We also, to take it a step further, look, I mean, we're an international company. Right? We have offices overseas. We have offices in the United States. But when you partner with best-in-class uh, integrations, uh, for example, you know, a, a background check provider, a TransUnion, or someone like that, they are staying apprised of those local ordinances, those local rules. So when you work with DoorLoop, uh, I'll give you another example. Uh, we have an integration with Dropbox Sign, right? It used to be called Hello Sign. Why Dropbox mm-hmm. Sign? Best in class, right? They are apprised of what's needed to make a valid, you know, a legally binding executable document, right? So I don't need to rely on the ever-changing uh, the laws, so to speak, and then rely on my team to stay apprised of those. I have integrations with very, very well-known, trusted programs that are out there, and we offer those tools. So the high-level answer is, allow for a lot of flexibility and customization and partner with amazing, uh, amazing companies. That's pretty cool. And I actually personally always used uh, hello sign. Uh, so I, I tend to agree with that. It's a pretty, um, I mean, online document signature is not that complicated, but there are some differences in platform that happens to be one that I use. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show and you'd mentioned, um, you know, cause one of the things I was pointing out, was like, this is a very mature mature platform in a relatively short amount of time. You know, some features you've built are in-house. Some look like they're an integration or partner. So I got kind of two questions here is like one is you'd mentioned like a, a fairly aggressive shipping schedule. Like you guys have an aggressive roadmap. You're pushing things out very regularly. You know, why push out so much as, as you know, like, property managers don't tend to be very tech savvy and very tech forward. Like we are very much in a digital transformation. Um, And the second one is I want to hear more about how do you evaluate the decision as to whether or not, Hey, we're going to build this tool. Maybe that's your, like your internal accounting. And then we're going to embed something like your payments processing uh, type of uh, capabilities. Uh, I love the questions. So the first question, you know, why are we so rapidly pushing things out? So I want to caveat, uh, we do push features out very quickly, uh, but we do a significant amount of testing, both uh, artificial and uh, personal, like uh, human testing before we release the features. So we're pushing out things that we've been working on for a long while today. um, And we have a lot of stuff on that roadmap to make sure that it's done properly, because the last thing you want is to release a feature that has an issue. Right. And then you lose all credibility and we're in a reputation business. Uh, but while I push it out, look, we listen to our customers and any any of the listeners that are on this pod, to this podcast, go online and look up reviews on door. And, and the answer is we love feedback. So when a customer requests something, we genuinely listen to it. And if we have a lot of customers and, and we're blessed, we have tens of thousands of users, you know, we're in over 100 countries. But when customers request something from us, we listen. And the more that customers are requesting those types of features, we're going to build them out. Why? Because they're, we're fortunate enough to have their business, right? They can take it elsewhere. 
I want them to stay members. We don't call them customers. We actually call them internally members of the Dorloop family. I want them to stay members of the Dorloop family. To us, that's really, really important. And there are a lot of options out there and they can choose to go elsewhere. We, we don't want them to. We want them to know that we've got their back. And if there's things that are mm. important to them, we're going to do that. Now, we're very fortunate. Uh, we, I think our corporate culture is we treat people that work with us not as if they work for us. Um, we really strive to have an amazing workplace environment. If you go on Glassdoor and read about us, uh, just just what we what we put out there, I think, resonates. Um, and as a result of that, we have an amazing, amazing group of, of developers, QA, um, you know, support, of course, sales and marketing, et cetera. But on the development side of things, we have best in class developers. Uh, and mm. when you hire like that, uh, you are confident in what they're putting out there. And on top mm -hmm. of that, uh, they work very efficiently uh, to put out amazing, amazing uh, features, products, and the like. Now, yeah. the other question I think you'd asked was about when to integrate and when to build out. So, mm -hmm. you know, to give you a little bit of a background and sort of the vision, uh, I'll give you this statement and then I'm going to back it up with an example and they'll go into what's the decision. So, Presumably, you're in the tech industry, and most of our listeners are familiar with a company called Salesforce. Great company, right? Salesforce, I think of Salesforce as a hub. In other words, you can integrate pretty much any platform you kind of want with Salesforce and do a lot with it, right? Um, is Salesforce CRM? Is it a you know, reporting tool? Like, what is it, right? Well, it's a central hub where all these other platforms can plug into, and it can mm -hmm. really be customized for you. So internally, we like the expression, real estate operates on door loop. And what we mean by that is we want to be, and I think we're becoming that central hub where we have this amazing, amazing core platform, right? Now, your question was integrate or build out. Look, if mm -hmm. we think that we can build something out that's better than what we can find in the marketplace, you better believe we're going to build it out. But if there's a product out there that's amazing, we don't want to do a disservice to our customers. Let's integrate with that platform. They're doing it super well. That's how we make those decisions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it makes sense. And, you know, it's just, you know, it used to be really simple buyer build that that was predominantly the conversation for a very long time. Uh, but I think the the conversation of whether or not integrate or embed uh, and you guys have really, you know, you know, the core feature set, you know, as, as, as we described, a lot of that is what you guys have built with a few partners, but then you have a whole like library of integrations. <laughs> like I looked at it, it was like, these guys are the Zapier of uh, property management. They've, <laughs> they've thought about all the different things that are going to be common plug and play. Hey, let's, let's, let's put that together. And, and honestly, like it makes a ton of sense. Like from a business perspective, it worked brilliantly for Zapier. You know, they went for how long without raising any significant, you know, VC capital. Uh, and they really found themselves like in the business of everything almost. Um, but it, from a focus perspective, it makes a ton of sense in simplifying, you know, connections between different apps because the average property management company doesn't or an even owner operator doesn't have a developer on staff or someone to go to. They need a click here, click here, click here. It's connected kind of thing. You know, it, it, it's a really interesting point you bring up about Zapier. As far as I know, and if I'm misstating, you know, somebody please fact check and correct me, but I'm pretty confident. I think to this day, we're still the only property management software out there, uh, especially at our level, that integrates with Zapier. 
Uh, so we have an actual full, you know, integration with Zapier. So you can create oh. custom workflows within Dorloop. And then you can create custom workflows between Dorloop and the 5,000 plus programs that Zapier integrates with. In addition to that, uh, we have, we've built our software first as an API, a read-write API. Um, and as a result of that, I mean, there's pretty much no other program that we cannot integrate with. I mean, we, we just are, our, our tech stack is just next level very well thought out and you know this was thought out before we even started building the product it was what mm -hmm. do we want to be and where is this market going right and then we built the product now you guys um looking at the the different verticals that you're you're able to help with affordable housing commercial community associations oof, i don't even want to think about that one i imagine <laughs> product research for hoas uh would be some of the most fascinating Mobile homes, residential, self-storage, which I have to evaluate, and some student housing here. Uh, of those different categories, like what's the one to two that makes up the bulk, or do you see a spread across all those? Yeah, look, I, I think uh, it's a great question. Uh, and I, to be upfront, I don't want to give you specifics only because I don't have the exact data on which, okay. you know, which is the highest, et cetera. Uh, certainly open to. I just don't have that data in front of me. Uh, if I had to guesstimate, I would say the, the, the majority is probably falling in the multifamily on mm. the uh, residential side, and then I'll call it office retail on the uh, commercial side. Oh, interesting. The office retail is a, is a market right now that, uh, boy, um, what a field to be, <laughs> to be in. The, the, the challenges that it, it, they face as an industry is um, quite steep. Now, when you're when you're looking to acquire those customers, um, there's a few different approaches. Uh, you know, you can go heavy on ads, you can go virality, you can say we're product led, you can do ABM. What have you guys chosen as and or have found to be the most effective method for finding those customers? Great, great question. So, look, when we first started, it was uh, let's spent heavily on, you know, the Google AdWords and, and mm -hmm. those types of activities. And, and to be upfront, we certainly still do that uh, because mm -hmm. people are online searching. But if you were to go online and type in property you know, management software, likely we're appearing on the first page, not because we paid to be there. Right. So there's and, you know, please, by all means, try and call me right out now. if I'm wrong. Uh, but the, the the rationale behind that is we put out a lot of articles, videos, um, resources, tools, and the like for uh, our audience. And so we have a large audience of people that actually come to our site just to get educated, right? Mm -hmm. And then I think that helps build credibility for the brand. Um, so there's, there's certainly inbound traffic, but because we've been so fortunate in our, in our, in our customers and our, in our family members, uh, we have a really big group of people that are referring us customers. Um, you know, you have people that are members of a particular real estate group, brokerage house, property management. They leave mm -hmm. and start their own. They love Dorloop. They sign up with Dorloop again. And that's just, you know, that continues. So I think it's a multi-pronged approach. Um, and, you know, we're very fortunate to get customers uh, across that. That's really interesting. So you're building customer loyalty, not just with the company, but with the actual on the boots on the ground property manager uh, so that if they go to another place, like they can make that recommendation or, you know, bring the software. It kind of brings me to, you know, one of the challenges, uh, anyone selling, you know, either even middle tier to enterprise 
in real estate is that oftentimes the buyer isn't the actual end user. Do you guys face that hurdle? And if so, how are you overcoming that? Help me understand the exact question you're asking because I want to make sure I answer it directly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in, in some scenarios you have like your boots on the ground property manager, but then you may have, uh, you know, especially in multifamily, they may have several large facility, uh, uh, buildings across the city. So they have several different property managers who are actually using the software on a day-to-day. And then you have might might have a layer of management or and or owner. And so sometimes there's a disconnect between what the owner is seeing as needs and what the boots in the ground manager is seeing. So I was just curious if you guys are facing that hurdle or if your customer really is, you know, you're able to go directly to the owner and demonstrate the value where they, they know what the software is. They both use it and both are also the buyer. Yeah. That's an interesting point. So what, what I can tell you, and it's probably the most thing the, the most important thing to remember is this, you can't just do it for one and not for the other. So one of the things that we've been really successful at is giving everyone what they want. So the property manager has different needs, wants, and desires than a landlord. And uh, a property manager that answers to owners, those owners have different needs, wants, and desires as well. So we really listen, again, to the user and to the customers, and we'll, we build out features to support all of those. Right. If you're a property manager and you want an owner to come into the software, great. We have owner portals. And not only do we have a standard owner portal, you can customize the owner portal for your specific owner owners and have different types of portals for different types of owners. Right. Uh, If you have uh, if you're a landlord and you want a, uh, a much more simple approach to managing it, we have plans to support that. If you're a very tech savvy landlord or property manager, we have plans to support that as well. So uh, we, we do get on calls, of course, with groups of people that then have various levels of stakeholders. I think what we've been very successful at is saying, look, we're not here to sell you Dorwood, okay? We're here to educate you about Dorwood, and we want to make sure that's a good solution for you, right? Uh, we, we at Dorwood, we don't like the sales approach. We firmly believe that, you know, I can't reach through the screen, take out the credit card, and force you to buy our product. You're going to buy it because you believe it does what you need it to do, what you need it to do, that it's mm. an efficient you know, product for you, that it's easy to use, and that the support's there, right? So, but in order for you to feel comfortable in that decision, if it's just you making the decision, we'll answer all your questions. But if you have other stakeholders that are involved, well, we should be answering their questions as well. So we want you to take mm. the time. We're happy to provide additional resources, references. And let's get those stakeholders on a call. Let's get them on a demo. Let's show them the software. Let's make sure it answers their needs as well. And, you know, most of the time it does. But if it doesn't, let's learn from that so the next time we don't lose another member of the family. Yeah. Something that's not unique to PropTech, but uh, I think in, you know, anytime you're trying to uh, either reinvent the wheel or dramatically improve the wheel, you're going to have some assumptions that end up being proven wrong. Do you have any examples of ideas or experiments that you guys had and started building towards or trying to solve for that turned out that uh, the original idea or hypothesis may have been incorrect? So I will tell you um, two points on that. The first is uh, we had set just internally a, a target that we thought we could achieve by way of a number of units. And I can't get into full units, we're VC backed, mm-hmm. all this great stuff. But we had set it as a five-year goal, thinking 
that would be an achievable you know stretch we achieved it within the first year so from that perspective wow the the market when we looked at it from okay how fast do we think we'll be taken up we were completely proven wrong but in a great way for us right that that to me was a was a really big one that's the failure uh, we all need on our resume <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry I was wrong. Uh, we did five times better than we thought. Um, yeah. uh, that's incredible, though. I mean, that, that kind of demonstrates, though, like you might have even been you're underselling the existing appetite of what's there and who's willing to move and adjust and change platforms. You know, it's, it's, it's a really interesting point. Uh, look, I, I think, and I can parlay that into the, the second part of that question you asked, were we proven wrong? I, I think because of the experience two of my co-founders have with their other software startups, we mm-hmm. remained really focused and attuned to the market. Uh, and you know, there's the, the two I'm particularly referring to. One is uh, Ori Tamus, uh, who is uh, my co-founder and CEO, and the other one is David Baton, who is my co-founder and CMO. Uh, and earlier up in this podcast, you brought up the idea of you know how do you not let the uh, various outside use cases sort of dictate which direction you go. Yeah. And they are phenomenal at making sure that we stay true to the product um, and stay focused on it. So we never really saw, we never started chasing after things by way of an example that were like, oh, this would be great. We said, you know what? We understand real estate. Okay. Uh, my background, mm-hmm. their background. We understand software, we understand mm-hmm. finance. Uh, let's make sure we do that really, really, really well. Okay. Mm. We understand what other tools are needed to efficiently manage real estate. Let's make sure we add those in. Don't get me wrong. We had plenty of customers that were very large and said, we need X and, and we turned them down. It's not that I didn't want the business, but it was, you know, I need to remain focused on building an amazing product and I need mm-hmm. to remain true to those core things that we know everyone needs. Potentially one day we'll come back and build that. And don't get me wrong, we often listen to our customers, but those those you know answer are the use cases. That's where you lose focus, uh, and it, you have a setback. And I think as a result of the the insights that those two co-founders brought to the table, we've grown very very rapidly, and we've been able to you know achieve a lot um, and stay true to where we started. Yeah, I I, I think that's um, that's tremendous. I mean. It, it's it's the obvious thing to do, but also very difficult to do and, and to maintain that. Um, you, you you did mention market, uh, you know, being in tune with the market, and I and I took notice of some of the content you guys put out with your market snapshots. Um, the last few years have been interesting. We have seen very highs and very lows Absolutely. in short amounts of time. Uh, models have totally broken overnight. You know with we have to just put asterisks next to every month of like, yeah, this is during unsure times. Uh, you know, we're coming up on basically three years of that. It'll be, well, two years and, and some change of questionable, you know, data modeling now. Uh, what are you seeing in the market that um, is affecting Doorloop or isn't affecting Doorloop and, and their customers? You know, it's a great question. One of the questions I get asked often is, you know, when people were cutting costs because of COVID and the like, didn't it affect you guys? And I said, it actually did affect us greatly, but in a positive revenue way, mm. right? Uh, 
and, and I think that's twofold. First and foremost, our, our product's amazing. It really is. And I encourage anyone that's listening, just take a demo or watch a demo video. You'll you really see a difference between our product and others. Um, but our support's next level as well. Uh, you know, it's just like world-class. It's amazing. It's included. It's via Zoom. It's just, it's just phenomenal. So I think when, when you're looking at the perspective of, all right, am I going to cut a cost? Well, look, it's easier to be more efficient as a landlord or property manager using a tech tool than it is to have more people on your staff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a result of that, during COVID, we actually saw a huge uptick. And, and there, you know, you, you can talk about the, 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 the looming, is, the, is there a recession coming? Are we having a soft landing? What are interest rates doing? Uh, how is that affecting? Look, at, at the end of the day, uh, I, I truly believe we're all going to be fine. But if you're a savvy landlord or if you have a business that's a property manager, you know, property management business, you need a tool that's going to help you efficiently and effectively keep track of your real estate, the cost, your communications with your tenants, um, just, just the tasks, the, the files, the yes, everything. Um, mm-hmm. And so as a result of the, the, the downturn, if you're, if you're calling it that from COVID or the, the looming recession or the rising interest rates, again, maybe it's just because we do what we do really well, but business is booming and we're so fortunate because of that. Yeah. Very interesting. Thanks for, for sharing that. Um, well, I want to shift us into the bottom of the show to my two favorite segments. First one is something I like to call for the future. For the future is when I get to ask each guest who comes on the show to give their best predictions based on the following four questions. Adam, are you ready to play? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Question number one on for the future. What does door loop look like one year from now? So I, I hope we remain true to where we are and I anticipate that we will. Um, although I think we're probably uh, going to one and a half to double in size uh, in terms of staff. Um, you know, we're just shy of about a hundred right now. So put that in perspective, uh, wow. by way of features, thank you. Yeah. By way of features, um, we will have moved further up market and, uh, we'll be introducing, uh, more of the features that the larger and more enterprise type of customer will be, uh, will be requiring. Very cool. Question number two, will the number of property management companies grow or decline over the next three years, why? Wow, it's a great question. Uh, and I love that, you know, prognosticating about the future. I mean, think of the US right now, you've got like almost three or 350,000 property management companies that are out there. Um, and, you know, I, I don't see that changing much. Uh, I think when you look at, there's a there's a segmentation in the market. Uh, there's there the very, very large property management companies, the, uh, the gray stars, the bazudos, and they have a huge piece of the market. And then you'll have, I'll call more of the, there are some middle size, but you have more of the mom and pops, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's, it's just natural progression that we will increase in size of property management companies, but I don't see in three years us going from 350,000 to 700,000. I think we'll grow just like most industries grow. Why? Real estate is growing. Uh, whether it's you know building of hospitals, building of schools, building of multifamily, single family, et cetera, there are going to be people that are landlords that are managing, but there are going to be people that need to manage those as well. Um, and mm-hmm. so I see, it, I see it trending up. All right. Number three, what's one industry trend you think will continue, but you wish would go away? 
Yeah, I, I really uh, thank you for asking this question because it's really it's dear to me. And when I was actually in real estate development, uh, the, the company I was at did a great job of um, you know putting out products on this type, and and that's uh, affordable housing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, as as rents increase, it becomes increasingly more difficult for people, especially in the urban core, to live close to where they work. Um, and I'd like to I'd like to hope that there will be more affordable and workforce type of housing um, in, in in those urban cores. And I'm, I'm starting to see a trend uh, that, you know, you see local municipalities are trying to encourage that. And I hope it continues. Um, not I'm not saying I'm not hopeful. I am actually a very optimistic person. But uh, let's just let's just say uh, I I hope it at least remains the same or gets a little bit better. Uh, because I think it's a really, really big need for affordable housing so that people can actually, I mean, we're talking about people spending 40% of their income on rent. Mm-hmm, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's huge, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with you that there has to be some changes there. We can't just do the same thing we've been doing for sure. Otherwise, uh, it, it's going to be challenging. And there is, you know, look, that. There's only so much you can do to force rents continually in all categories, uh, and, and wages don't see the same growth equally across all income levels. So, it is an interesting challenge, uh, and it is uh, something that community, you know, the community and city levels have to consider, not just uh, you know on the business and development side. Um, well stated. All right, last one here on for the future. What's one thing you believe will dramatically change or fade away in real estate as a result of tech advances? What is one thing I think that will radically change or fade away because of tech advances? Um, I think you're going to see a, a, a lot fewer on-site staff in a lot of these larger products mm. uh, because a lot of that can be automated. So mm-hmm. uh, don't get me wrong. I think there's an important human touch, but you know you don't necessarily need the, the, the person downstairs when you can just sort of scan your card or hold up your mobile phone and, and jump in. Right. I don't necessarily need on-site maintenance staff if I can just put in a quick maintenance request and I have somebody that's local that can shoot on over. So I think you'll see probably that that I think will be a will be a definitely trend uh, that will that we'll see in the upcoming couple of years. All right. Okay, uh, Adam, we've got three remaining questions. These are so our listeners get to know you just a bit better. First one: What are you reading? Just to make sure I heard the question. What am I reading? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I read a lot of different stuff. I'm, I'm a, I, I love, I have a rich appetite for reading. So if you have any books, please, Nate, uh, recommend. I, um, I'm currently reading a book. They're all behind on, me here. Right? Oh, I now I see them. Absolutely. I'm, <laughs> actually, I used to love the actual paper. Uh, I found I read a lot more on a Kindle. So I switched it off oh, and I uh, yeah. turned on the Kindle, so to speak. Uh, so uh, I guess one of my, my ultimate my favorites, and I, read it so many times i you know the the pages would be worn if it wasn't on a kindle is uh never split the difference by chris voss an amazing oh, yeah. book on, on negotiating love it uh another one i i just finished was called the simulation hypothesis the question is are we in the matrix love that book Ooh, that um really cool read really cool read um i also read books on uh you know how to be a better boss uh you know i really want i want people that i work with to uh, feel comfortable working there and, and challenge mm. me. And, um, you know, so I'm, I'm in the middle of a book, actually two different books, but, uh, on that, uh, one, I think it's pretty famous called radical candor. Uh, yeah. 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 
so I, I do that. Um, I mean, I can go on and on. I, but those are those are a couple of them that uh, either just finished or in the midst of uh, of midst of reading. Very cool. Number two, who are you learning from? I'm learning from you today. Uh, <laughs> you know, you know, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, a, a few things. So starting off with, and I mean this genuinely, I have little kids and I am learning so much from them about being present. I think we mm. all forget, we get mixed up in the, the world and all of our business and our phones and all that stuff. And we forget how important it is just to be present. Um, and so I, I genuinely appreciate that. Um, and as a result of that, I find myself doing more like of the meditation and just taking care of myself as well. I think it's really important. Nate, I'm sure you're familiar with this and a lot of our listeners, sometimes we just get lost in the, the world of business uh, and mm -hmm. we forget about yourself. And little yeah. kids, they don't understand really the past, the, the future, they understand now. And so I learned a lot from them. Uh, I'd also say I learned a lot from my wife, just a wonderful, wonderful human being um, who uh, you know really makes me understand what's important and uh, you know keeps me, keeps me true to that. Uh, I learn a lot from our customers. Uh, you know, one of the things that I do, uh, and it surprises people, uh, I actually still do demos from time to time of products. Um, you may just pop on and see me doing a demo of 20 units or maybe a thousand units or maybe a hundred units. And people are often like, what? wait, you're the, you're the COO of this international company. Why are you on a demo? And the mm -hmm. answer is straightforward. I want to speak to the customer. I want to learn about the individual. Uh, I can read reports, I can watch videos, I can get feedback, but I find the best way is to actually do it and to have that conversation. Um, and then as far as the, the last learning, we just go back to before, I love reading. And so whether those are books um, or whether it's news and you know various types of articles, um, I, I find that just to be a, a really great way to uh, educate myself for, uh, further. Yeah, I, I dig that. You know, I used to, um, before I, I joined Avail, I, I had an agency and uh, we specialize in helping early stage startups scale growth through paid media, your Google ads in early stages. Uh, I, I would subscribe to all the newsletters and I would use sometimes those as back channels to reach the CEO. And I can't remember which company it was, but I do remember I got a call from one of the, the companies and they're like, yeah, we saw you filled out this form. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Tell me more about you. And I'm asking all the questions. And finally here I find out. I was like, so you're the CEO. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, and, and the guy yeah. goes, you know, and I, I got to dig in my records. I know I have because I, I followed up with an email and, and pitched right away. Of course, I never got that contract. But the point is, though, like that made an impact on me. I was like, okay, so there's like there's some there's some founders out here really digging in and getting to know their customers. Like they were on the phone and at Avail, actually, both co-founders, Ryan and Lawrence, um, when, up until even when we were, after we acquired Realtor.com, we would, everyone in the company would rotate uh, and you would get a turn to be on customer support for a week. And so in the morning you were in tickets and in the evening you were in tickets. And so even myself... You can be head of marketing. It doesn't matter. You got to do customer service. And that was, you know, your week. And we got to do that basically two or three times a year. And I learned a ton in those sessions. It was so incredibly valuable. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I mean, it was a great company, you know, I mean, uh, and it obviously showed up in the, in the culture that was put out there as well. Um, you know, yeah. there's a, there's an interesting book, by the way, a couple, a couple of years ago, and it's sort of mandatory if we'll call it that, reading for our, for our 
internal family members. It's called Raving Fans. Have you heard of this book? I have heard it's, of this. It's a it's a phenomenal read. I mean, you could read it in a night. It's like 50, 60 pages. I'll summarize it for you. Customer service plus one. Whatever your customer asks for, go one step beyond and just amaze mm. them. And we really live by that at DoorLoop. And uh, Ken Blanchard. Yeah, it sounds, yep. It sounds to me like that was sort of the, uh, at least while you were at Avail, that would have been a, a fair statement as well. I mean, you know more Very about similar, that company yeah. than I do. But, you know, yeah. it's just, it's so important to be customer centric. It really is. There are options out there, especially with the internet. You don't find anything. Yeah. Last one here, Adam. What inspires you? I don't want to like a broken record, but it's, it's my, uh, it's my family. Uh, you know, I, I do what I do cause I love it and I'm really passionate about it, but I want to provide an amazing life for my, for my kids and for my wife. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I wake up every day and I'm, I'm blessed that I'm alive and I'm very, very fortunate. And I want to make sure that I do all I can to give them the amazing life that I was afforded by my parents. Um, and so every day I wake up and I, you know, roll over and I see the wife and, give the kids a hug and a kiss sometimes before the gym, sometimes after the gym. I'm one of those uh, crazy early risers, like the 4am club. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's me. Uh, but I'm just so I, I I'm every day. It's just uh, it's a blessing to see them. And, and I, I'm inspired to do better every day because of them. Um, I'd also take a, a second step. If I, if I may have that, uh, you know, if, I'm, mm-hmm. if you allow me to, uh, We've been so fortunate at DoorLoop uh, of the growth that we've had. Uh, I'm inspired by our team uh, internal, and I'm inspired by our customers that are just been so that have been so loyal to us. Um, you know, both from the the, the, the staff, the, the the internal team, family members, and the external family members. Uh, I, I, you know, I just want to keep doing better for them, and I, I don't want it to come across as disingenuous. I I, I really firmly believe in this. Um, you know, they, they, they motivate us, uh, our, our dev team. I mean, we have our developers are joining demos because they really love to see the feedback that we're getting, right? They, they mm. are our, our support team. They, we love what we do and it's just a genuine, we're, we're inspired by it. Um, and, and our customers and our staff, uh, just, if you're listening to this, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Adam, this has been great. I, I appreciate the upbeat positiveness, the customer centricity, you know, rolling up the sleeves, you know, and, and putting in the work and, and really the, the, uh, the level of urgency that you apply to this, uh, to what you guys are doing over at, at DoorLoop. Um, really refreshing to hear this. Um, for those who want to get connected to you and or go le- learn more about DoorLoop, where do they go and how do they do that? Yeah, I'm not interested in talking to them. Just joking. Uh, sorry. I had just to book a in. demo. Uh, Adam yeah, will be on the demo. Absolutely. You'll get to meet me. Uh, <laughs> if you want to get in touch with me, very straightforward. You can email me, Adam, as in the first person at Earth, Adam at doorloop.com. Uh, you can call or text me, 786-244-3111. Um, I am, I think, very responsive. So uh, by all means, reach out. If there's anything I can do, you just want to talk shop, um, you know, or give me a ring and I'll try and get you a good deal. I'll go to the billing team and go bat for you. And then of course, doorloop.com, uh, all Dorloop. links and com everything is, is, uh, yeah, we'll be on the, on the site here, but I couldn't let you go without giving the, the site a plug. No, um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And, uh, hopefully people are responding at naturally online, just searching for property management software. We're definitely revolutionizing this industry, you know, so it's on the first page. Take a look. 
it's on the first okay. page, and there's two articles that also list out uh, comparisons of uh, a few different softwares, and you guys are at the list, uh, the top of the list of both of those articles. So you All got right. three, essentially three placements on the front page. So that, that's not bad. Uh, my marketing team is killing it. I love it. I, I, They're doing see, great. I said it, and it was true. I love the fact it's that true. they actually have. Yeah, <laughs> amazing. All right, Adam. Well, thank you I, so much for your time. Uh, this has been great. I genuinely appreciate the opportunity and um, awesome. Be blessed. Yeah, we'll see you around. Thanks for listening to TechNest, the PropTech podcast. Find all the links and resources mentioned in this episode on technest.io. You can get future episodes delivered to your ears directly by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other major podcast apps. Follow TechNest on social media to stay up to speed on new developments, resources, and announcements in PropTech. Your support is greatly appreciated. There's two ways you can directly support this podcast. Share episodes you find interesting and then leave a review of the show in the App Store. From Nate and the TechNest team, thanks for listening.